1: where did this ferocious determination out there today come from the media every one of them brought us up
2: this
0: is paper talk the irish examiner gaa podcast
1: Hello there and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's GAA Championship podcast. Well, there's only one show in town this week as Galway and Limerick meet in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final at Croke Park on Sunday. A little earlier today, we welcomed Anthony Daly and Ger Cunningham to our Irish Examiner studios to discuss the game and indeed to look back on 2018. Now, given the amount of topics that we had to discuss, we've decided to split the podcast in two this week. With a bonus episode appearing a little later in the week, we began with a simple question: Was this the greatest championship ever? Ah,
0: uh, well, I'd have ninety-five and ninety-seven. column blatantly ahead of all the other ones, but uh, <laughs> no. Look at it; uh, it has been a massive success. You know, I think we all agree that we spoke about it in an earlier podcast, the two of us, that it needs tweaks and the club thing needs to be really looked at. But uh, yeah, from an inter-county point of view, and as. Uh, bring in excitement levels it has been absolutely incredible I think uh, we couldn't have asked for more and if we just get a final now to, to, to match what we've had it will have to go down as possibly the greatest you know and if I suppose if a Limerick result came up it would really cap that wouldn't it you know 45 years you know since 73 and all the the bromance and romance that would bring in the, and everything you know but uh, look they'll, they'll have to play really well to be Gola
1: Okay Ger same question for you in terms of the championship in 2018, does it go down as an all-time great in in your book? And the other question is: the two teams that are in the final, are they the two best teams in Ireland?
2: Um, I suppose the first question, Colman in relation to the best championship, but probably in the context of the games that we've had, uh, there's been so many games. Like this, you know, there's been, you know, you're in double figures. Playing playing matches, and I think like you know that that just gives you the opportunity to play to to go and see matches. And I was at a club match yesterday. I was talking to a guy who'd be a, a, a fanatic follower of, of all games, and he said he's been to 13 championship matches this year in the hurling championship alone. And he said he said I've got no bad game. So that I think that's 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 a, that's a reflection of the season that's uh, that's gone on. It's been absolutely brilliant. Some there's been some brilliant matches, replays, extra times, and all that. So I think whoever wins on Sunday can certainly claim to have won. The fact that there were so many games, it's been it's been an outstanding championship, really. As I say, as Dale has said, maybe a few tweaks going forward to change things around. But like the hurling this year has been absolutely outstanding. And uh, regard the two best teams, yeah, I suppose you know, I suppose from a court perspective, you could be looking at. Only for a, an unbelievable bit of skill from Nicky Quaid, I think Cork could be in the final. You know what I mean? So whether um, um, Cork, I think, are very close to the, to the two teams that are there, um, and I think there was nothing between them, between Cork and, and Limerick. Um, he showed in the first day, the re, you know, the match in the park, there was a draw. Uh, after 70 minutes, was a draw again in Grove Park and we were just, we got found out an extra time. So, but I suppose you, you can't, comp- you can't, you can't complain with the two teams in the final. I think, again, you could make cases for, you know, it could be very easy clearing and them in the final as well. So I think a lot of teams are very level, you know, the the you know, there's nothing much between any four or five given, t- on, on given teams nowadays. Uh, but I suppose the two, you know, I suppose you look, you look at Limerick and Galway have come true. Uh, you know, and they're there on merit I suppose really to an extent and you know hopefully as Dillo said we can finish it off now with a really really good game
1: In terms of Galway they haven't hit the heights of last year but they're still in an All-Ireland final a, a great sign of a team not to be playing potentially to their their best but still seeing out games
2: yeah, well, Galway, like Galway, have been seen as the last two years probably the best team in the country. Like they probably have the best set of, of one to fifteen players that are the, in, in in the game at the moment. They're very strong all over. You know they're really good. Um, I think they've played in patches this year. Uh, I think they've set their stall out early and that they've got ahead of most teams. And you know they make it hard for teams to, 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 to you know to, to play against them and to catch them. You you know they you look at their, their history. They go early. You know they they make it hard for you, uh, and they try to blitz you early on. But again, they've they've fallen away in some of the matches, and I think that's what to me gives gives hope for Limerick. You know that they've come back from too big uh, too big. You know been, you know uh, they're behind in a lot of matches, uh, and when they've come back, they've come back really well. They have finished well against Cork, finished well against Kilkenny. So that'd be just the, I suppose the fear for me Sunday that Galway could push the boat early and go for a juggler. Because this is their ninth championship match this year. I think all you know they've uh, they've played a lot of games and, you know, you're wondering is the Yeah, that's is, the question. Yeah. Is 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 that a help or a hindrance? I think it's probably a bit of a hindrance in the context of the games they've played. They've had no time to they're probably going from you know from game to game you know, without really, you know, a lot of training. They're recovering. They're resting, you know, doing a bit of analysis and a bit of tactics, but as regards training, I'm, I'm wondering what they're, what they're able to do because they have to go from you know the, the replay, the two replays, you know, and now they're into a final with only two weeks' preparation. It's not an awful lot, and I think you know maybe that bit of freshness and a bit of energy that Limerick had by having the extra week uh, to come down off, so a great victory for them over Cork and the way they won the game, uh, to be in a situation now, they're going in really, really fresh, whereas Galway... We'll have little time to, to mm. move on from the match against Clare, probably spend four or five days recovering and then starting to build over, over the last 10 days. Uh, but, you know, nine games, there are nine games a lot, you know, and I think, you know, it's uh, it's it just might might come against them on Sunday.
1: OK, Anthony, you mentioned there a few minutes ago the long wait for Limerick. 1973, we've had the near misses, 94, 96, 2007. You saw it, obviously, with Clare in 1995, ending a famine. How difficult is it to contain the emotion, the expectation, the hype that Limerick are now in the midst of this week?
0: Yeah, it's, it was slightly different for us, I suppose, Cullum, you know, because Munster was our big thing that we couldn't get get through. It was the big monkey on the back, and, and um, it was the, the All-Ireland, if you like, for us was the Munster final, where I think we'd lost 13 of them. Uh, up to that one in '95, so really after that the pressure came off us, if you like. Mm. Uh, and I've never met a team. Now some fellas, the final did get to them, no doubt the, the occasion, and it wasn't a classic final, like one thirteen to eight. You know, it doesn't really doesn't uh, sound like it would win any modern game for you. But um, it just for Limerick, it's it's the, they have won monsters, and it's the All Ireland that they're badly seeking. So if for them, it's that sort of scenario that Clare had and like we bricked it so many times even my team like you know in, in National League Finals Munster Finals stuff like that until we finally got over the line that Munster Final and then we were liberated but for Limerick it's different because it's it has to be in All-Ireland and uh, I think you know Ger spoke about the preparations of both teams and it's it's been different because of the replay for Galway uh, and the extra week I'm sure John Kiley would have been absolutely thrilled with it because you know there's so many trimmings to the All-Ireland, you know, in terms of suits and tickets and all that goes with it and media nights and stuff like that and they were able to probably get an awful lot of out, that out of the way and uh, I know that they would have gone out I think to a day or out to JP's new <laughs> Ryder Cup course that he's hoping he'll get um, and played an old game of golf I think the weekend of the replay and I think JP had a few words with him about handling the situation and not letting supporters or Tickets and rubbish getting the way, you know. But I think there is something new about them as well. You can tell from the interviews, you know, the Tom Morrissey interview after the Kilkenny game. There was no carried away, the Shane Dowling interview after the semi-final, you know. And there seems to be just that bit more calmness. And I think it, the, the the bunch of players themselves are probably used to success, be it hearty cup level, you know, minor, getting to minor all-Irelands, winning under-21 all-Irelands, and, and club as well. And the Napiercy guys, you know, have been very successful at that level and Kilmallock getting to finals. So there is something different about them in that sense, I feel. And um, John Kiley, I think, again, and the guys he has around him, like Paul Kinnerk, would have been through it all before with Clare at various levels. Um, guy like Alan Cunningham, Claire, great Clare coach. it was my coach with Clare back, way back in the, in the, in the mid Uh Top guy with seek Brangiri, who experienced the law of of 97 or 07 and that kind of thing and, and um, so you know he he they have a very solid I would say uh, set up and the players seem very grounded so
1: that's that's one thing Dalo but in terms of the Limerick public and their part playing it do you think that they are approaching this final a bit bit differently.
0: I don't think so. I think you can do nothing really about the public, you know, even driving down today, Cullum, you know, uh, now you're shielded a bit with the motorway, I suppose, and the toll bridge, but just coming out there, passing Croom and Banogue and places like that, you know, the colour and the flags and very reminiscent of of, of 95 and I, I didn't even go into any of those villages. i might on the way home now for a look, but uh, there's nothing really you can do about that. And I think, you know, that was one of the great things that we sort of tried to do was embrace all that. And then, you know, really focus on the couple of training sessions, I suppose, the week of the game, really focus on the training, and uh, you know, getting our mat- matchups right with Offley and that kind of thing and taking it all in. And you know, Sean McMahon told me that he he like he drove down through because 'cause he'd heard Clarecastle was a wash with colour. So he drove down to have a look on the Saturday evening. You know, most people were gone to Dublin, like but that was, I thought that was a great sign of Shawnee as well, to where he was in his head. Do you know, that he was able to go and enjoy it and have a look at it and, and, and take it all in. So, some lads are, everyone's different. Like, you'll have the lad fidgeting and the lad edgy. And there was a guy alongside me on the bus going in that day and he kept his curtains closed. And I pulled back his curtain and I said, will you look out? I said, this is the bus journey we're dreaming of all our lives. Like, And uh, he said, leave me alone, all He said, I'll do my own thing. And, do you know, so it's just... It's not, you know, everyone has their own approach. And if, if, if you play well, it was the right approach. If you play, if you play poorly, sure, he was all over the shop in the dressing room, you know. So I think, I think they're fairly grounded. I, I'd, I'd have worries for a couple of them that I'd know. I would have worries how they'll handle it. And you know that Galway will handle it okay. A lot of them are playing their fourth or fifth final, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's a big challenge. But I, I think they're better prepared. Like, you go back over the finals, I think, 94 just happened. They played really well and awfully. And I know myself, awfully can do that to you. 96 was the killer one, the absolute killer one. Wexford down to 14 men. 07, Kilkenny were absolutely at their best. Like 07 and 08, they were fantastic. Like, you know, they won 06 and they won 09. Tidy enough games, you know, but 07 and 08, they were devastating. Kilkenny, that's it. So. I think they really feel this one is a chance to be nailed and and, and they're not meeting one of the old big three either. Mm. Do you know, they're meeting Galway. I even felt in Clare, there was that sense of, although Galway are champions and the best team in the country, that there wasn't a fear of Galway and Clare coming into the semi-final. And even though we went nine points down twice, we could have snatched it on either day. So I think Limerick will take an awful lot of encouragement from that as well.
1: What were you like, Chair, back in the day before an All-Ireland final and on the day of an All-Ireland final? I always think, you know, for goalkeepers in particular, the pressure is is greater at the best of times. But what it must be like the day of, the biggest day of the hurling
2: year? I think, as Dale said, come the biggest thing for me was, you know, getting into a routine. I think you build up your routine as you go along, I suppose. And, you you know, I suppose the more more you experience the big days, the more you can learn from them, you know. And I think, you know, because I remember starting off... Playing my first muster final, nineteen eighty, eighty was it eighty four against Tipperary, first time I played Tip in in, in the championship, and um, I remember the the you know the I'd grown up with it with the Cork tip era of of Munster championship matches and all that, and I overdid it, I completely overtrained, wanted it wanted it too much, overthought it, over analysed it, and then it was just flat as a pancake on the day of a match, just you know and and that happens, and that was a huge learning curve for me to you know to mm. to trust what you do the, the work that you've done. And to be able to park it and put away the hurley and then be able to, you know, not to, not to, if you can be ready, and and, and that comes from experience, as you say, to be able to, just just know how to handle the occasion. And I suppose, as Dallo said, Galway have been down this road before four or five times, and, and the big thing for Limerick is it's the occasion if you can, if they can handle it, and it's another game. So okay, so you know there's a huge prize at the end of it, but at the end of it, it's another game of hurling. And if they can, if their mentality is right and if they can go in and if they can perform to the levels that they've performed right through the year, I give them a serious chance. But the question is a bit unknown that we're not sure how they'll handle it because it's probably the first one for, for the most of them. But they've been through minors, they've been through under-21s, they've been through Fitzgibbons, they've been through all these kind of situations, club championships and everything. So, you know, if you were to go through their team, they still have a lot of experience. Like So it's a question of being able to I suppose being able to balance it being able to turn off when you can when you can turn off uh, and I suppose you know they have a, quite an experienced backroom team with them but again at the end of the day it's about about yourself and how you handle it and how, how to be able to deal with it
1: Talk to me about that kind of 30 seconds from your first All-Ireland from leaving the dressing room running out the tunnel and coming out onto the pitch the reason I asked that was Michael Dignan was talking on the Sunday game uh, at the weekend and recounted the 95 game against Clare and he said the roar from the clear crowd actually spooked awfully. So uh, you know, and 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 there was a lot of experienced heads as well yeah. too in that awfully yeah. team. I'm just wondering, what 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 is it like for a player in a first all Ireland final coming down that tunnel?
2: I think the beauty for Limerick now is that the fact they played the semi final in front of 74,000 people, I think is you know is is a, is, is a huge plus for them. Uh, that you know they're going to Crow Park again, but they were there they were there three weeks ago, and you know it didn't phase them, and they you know they came through it. The final is no different, really, other than it's the the, the last game of the season. And if they can learn again, learn from that, not to be overawed by it. You know, they know there's going to be huge Limerick support. Probably they will outnumber, I'd say, Galway on the day. So, like, you know, the support is there for them. So it's not that they're going in a bit and they could be spooked by it, but I think they'll certainly learn from the, you know, the semi-final experience of playing in Crow Park to a full house. So I don't think they'll, they'll, you know, they'll be overawed by that at all. Colin.
1: OK, you mentioned Nicky Quay there a little earlier in our conversation. As a goalkeeper, just explain... How difficult that save was against Cork in the semi-final.
2: I thought it was just an absolutely phenomenal bit of skill that what Nicky showed that day. Because, you know, in the in the last minute of the game, the ball came across. The pass was probably slightly above. Shame he said that he couldn't. People said, you know, why didn't he bat it in or whatever. I just think he had to take it down and control it. Um, and Nicky would have been going across the goal because the pass had come across the goal. So for him to 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 come across the goal, uh, and to come off his left leg. Back to the right hand side again and to get the timing absolutely bang on to get that flick away. It was it, a phenomenal bit of skill. It just, well, he he was, he's a former half back yes. himself yeah, and he, like he played a game and he was able to, you know, I suppose, the experience of being able to do that. But yeah, I just think, you know, I was just watching the, in, 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 in Crow Park that day, like the, the gasps of awe of, 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 what this, of what it was because it was a defining moment for me. If Cork got a goal, it was, the, it was game over. And the fact they came up the field and got the score again, it just kept their momentum going. But I think just I don't think he'll ever again do something as important or you know in the context of a game like that. So I thought it was a phenomenal bit of skill.
1: Okay, no, Taylor, we'll come back to you. You you probably know the Limerick lands better than you know the Galway Lines from your experience with the academy system and everything like that. Very briefly, th- th- this Limerick academy, of course, every year when a team gets to an All Ireland, it's the academy, the nutritionist, the psychologist. Everyone is looking for that one key ingredient. So. In, in in a couple of sentences, what, what has the work been done in Limerick over the last couple of years?
0: Well, it's gone on longer than the last couple of years, uh, Colum. you know, uh, these guys would be products. of. The, I was there for three years, now I would have had Kyle Hayes, Peter Casey, Barry Murphy, Shemmy Flanagan. Uh, but I didn't have Tom Morrissey or Keane Lynch. They were the year before I came in. That was their last year minor, you know. Uh, Jerry Jerry Wallace would have had those lads. Uh,
1: but at one stage, so are these lads... Kind of sign posted. Well,
0: look, I think there was a total um, sea change there, Colum. You know, after the the players strike up there in in, in two, two two ten, I think, and a few fellas like Joe McKenna and, and a few got around him, good lads, and they decided, look, what we're going to have to build here for the future. And right from under fourteen, I suppose they come in and they're introduced to strength and conditioning at under fourteen. Now, don't they won't be lifting weights at under fourteen, but they'll be showing how. The technique you know and how to squat properly and stuff like that. i think it's 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 you know a lot of people around the country disagree with academies michael Dignan, my great friend michael Dignan, would be and myself many's the role we have over a pint on academies but i always found that with the limerick one it was very open which is the beauty of it you know we had lads last year on the minor team one guy had never been in the academy up along uh Someone said to Damien Rael, who was a minor selector with us, that this guy, Owen Sheehan, was playing great stuff for Gary Spillane. They went on to win the minor A in Limerick. And we brought him in and we had a look at him. And he was raw and he was big and strong. But he wound up being picked to play against Clare in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. But got an appendix the day before. You know, but that was the beauty of it all. was like If somebody played well in an under-16 game, there was always a mechanism there through the, the A and B squads in the academy where somebody could p- pick up the phone... There would be maybe nine to ten mentors between two, the two squads, and all of us somebody would be able to say, Look, Cullum, we led last night. I just think he's improved leaps and bounds. And and uh, if he got into the academy, I think he could really make progress and be a right minor in two years' time. And Dad was always there, and a lad would he wouldn't be brought in for a trial, he'd be brought in for six weeks, good training and a couple of matches, and he'd get a good chance. And I thought that was the beauty of the limerick system. You could, like I said, Dermot Burns did, didn't come through the academy, really. Like, mm. you know, didn't make minor. I don't think he's last year. So, they've, they've been open that way. And that's the beauty of it. And yet, they're still getting the majority of players. Like, like West Limerick, there's even a few lads like that you Which would be football third. Correct, really. like, you know. And um, so, that's the beauty of it. A lot of them now, I know this year, like, Brian Nix, the Limerick minor footballers from Newcastle West, total football country, he, he would have, the Limerick minor footballers would have badly wanted Brian. Like, mm. but... He just picked the hurling like because really good at both and taught the hurlers, I suppose they wound up in a Munster final so might have got a Munster medal and uh, that's the sort of thing that's going on a bit now and um, the academy, is, it works in that way in the sense that the biggest thing was there that the county board conceded Saturdays to the academy which is obviously a big club day now at underage as well Like so there's no club underage fixtures on a Saturday which is huge Like because you have that day then to really work uh, on, on the lads and... Um, take your time, You've all this. they book out you well all day Saturday. And then when you get to kind of 15, 16, mostly 16, but now with the minor going to 17, it's all going a bit earlier. But usually with 16, the lads would start the kind of strength and conditioning program. And it's really, I think, I did a preview night up in Ornmore very early in the year. And I remember saying off the stage, Sir Farrell and myself, that I think the team with the team behind them and maybe the years of experience and work will be very close to being at the top here this year in terms of strength and conditioning, avoiding injuries, stuff like that. And, you know, Limerick have have hardly had any injuries, really. Peter Casey has come back Mm. from a long-term injury. And outside of that, really, I don't think they've had an injury from the start of the campaign that has Declan Hannan had to go off, obviously, uh, against Against Cork. But he was back for the next game, so... I, I really think it has stood to them the work that has gone in there over the years and they're they're very robust guys. You take like, see a guy like Keane Lynch, like I mean, he doesn't look the biggest man in the world, but the hits he can take and you know, the the agility of the guy and, and, and the bangs and move on and you know, the Morrissey's typically the same, you know, Peter Kyle Hayes, uh Gerard Hagerty, you know, they're very robust guys like that. The full back line, they mightn't be the biggest of men, but all three of them would have come through the Academy and they're, they're three tea tough boys and uh so it it has worked for them, I I would say. But look at until, uh, until Liam McCarthy goes up O'Connell Street in Limerick, the the jury'll be out on that one.
1: just on the entire academy debate, your, you know, a great traditional county here like Cork, where do you stand on it? Uh, you know, is it streamlining lads too young? You know, what's what's happening maybe to the talented fourteen, fifteen year old that maybe hasn't grown enough? Uh, are you kind of Losing out on on some talents as a result.
2: Um, yeah, it's it's it's. I suppose from a Cork perspective, and Cork looking from a Cork point of view, I think you know over the years, um, definitely you can see the likes of Shane Kingston and Mark Coleman and Dara Fiskerman have come through the academy situation. Uh, but I think in Cork, really, the, 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 the what the academy has done is that it's 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 replaced the schools uh, in in for to promote hurling because it hasn't been done at the schools level. So, you know, we needed. We needed something, whether whether whether, and the debate is out there whether the academies are the right way to go or not. Because you know you've got some fellas there at fourteen or fifteen who get a bit notions about themselves that they're now on the Cork squad and won't play matches or won't turn up training and that sort of stuff. So provided that the the level of 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 training and coaching and development is is there and that there's good people, uh, are there to to coach them and bring them along. I think the the big thing is it's not all about winning those 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 intercounty trial matches at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. It's all about coaching them. Um, you know, developing the players giving good habits because you'll always have the players who'll come through later on the likes of Dermot Burns or the likes of Seamus Harnady who came through later people kids develop at different ages so it's just one I suppose from the getting kids getting signed up to be I'm part of an inter squad at 14 or 15 you know that it's that it's uh, that I'm just a bit concerned about that, and also that you know maybe the level of coaching that people are getting. But I think we had to do it, Colum and Court because schools were, um, were you know they weren't doing it. You know we were mm. we hadn't been featuring in Harty Cups in any sort of shape or form. Where it was different in Limerick, they were competing, they were winning those. So we needed it badly. But I think at this stage, you know, you need to maybe to it needs to be looked at and maybe to see how you can make it better and how you can improve it, uh, because it should not be you know the to be all in all of making the Cork squad at 14 or 15. You know, so it's uh, you know, in principle, I think t- it's been good, and it's it's been it's it's it was badly wanted, but I think it, it just replaced the school scenario that was that was let, that, that fell behind.
0: Just just uh, that was one of the reasons I actually gave it up, Colm. To be honest with you, was if if if, if I was to make one thing, and it was my last report to Joe, Joe and Joe Joe wants to win, he was a winner himself, I suppose. Was uh, I just felt there was too much emphasis on winning? You know, that's that's really. The one thing I thought, I would be very praiseworthy of the Limerick way they go about it and the openness of it, which was the big thing for me. But the winning thing was, the, you know, where I thought, you know, at any minor team, you know, and the day we won our second All-Ireland 97, the minors won that day and we got no minor really out of it. Very little. A couple of them played a small bit. John Redden, I suppose, being the most prominent. But it's not about winning All-Ireland minors. Like, it's about bringing through three or four real quality fellas who have the right attitude, To training, to to their preparation, and maybe know what it takes to get to the top level. And as Jura said, like the Cork guys have. Look, I mean, those three are real. They're nearly leaders on the senior team already. Like, and that you know, you've probably Tim O'Mahony to come on the back of that, and one or two more. And last year's minor team were very talented as well. So, you know, and look at the under under 21s The way it's going, it looks a a foregone conclusion already. Like uh, that they'll they'll be collecting it. But uh, Tip might have something to say about it, but. It Like, I do think if you, Cork won a lot of those tournaments now, because I used to be bringing Limerick teams and Cork could win them, but Cork nearly would have four teams, you know, they could have a West Cork team, uh, you know, a North Cork team, a City team and an East Cork team, you know, so uh, Limerick would have maybe two teams, maybe a City team and then maybe a, a South West team or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that that was one of the things that I didn't kind of, I know an all-Ireland minor would be a great thing to win, but I, I would always feel more important to teach fellas good values and, and, and you know, take them aside and talk to them about what they're doing wrong and right and and um, advise them on that.
1: And our thanks to Anthony Daly and Ger Cunningham for their time. Now, don't forget, we're back again during the week and we'll be looking ahead to the match itself with the two lads. And don't forget, as always, you can download us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and on IrishExaminer.com forward slash paper talk. Our thanks to Larry Ryan on production duties, to Ger and to Anthony. And don't forget to log in and join us again later in the week as we look ahead to Galway and Limerick in the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.